A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have a great revenge story of when a person just won't get that promotion. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, dressed overly casual at a designer store so that the rude sales rep wouldn't get commission. I don't typically buy a lot of designer clothing, but when I do go shopping, I dress pretty casually. Last week, I was strolling through the mall and there was a designer backpack on display that caught my attention. I went inside the store, wearing a hoodie and ripped jeans, and went to inquire about the price of the backpack. I waited around for 10 minutes for someone to help me until I decided to go up to one of the sales representatives myself. She told me to wait because she was helping another customer, so I sat down and waited. I saw her in the corner of the store just standing, not doing anything. I decided to wait another five minutes for her to come back, but she never did. I walked back up to her and told her I wanted to inquire about the backpack. I asked her if she could bring one from the back room so I could take a closer look at it. She told me that she wouldn't be able to do that unless I was planning on purchasing the item. She seemed annoyed with my request. Before I could say anything else, she quickly walked away to help another customer. I'm quite young, 25-year-old female, and I could tell she didn't think I was serious about purchasing it and didn't want to waste her time. I would have actually purchased it then and there if she hadn't been so dismissive. A few days later, I went back to the store. This time, I made sure to dress even more casually than before. I walked in with a pair of sweatpants, running shoes, a tank top, and zip up. The same lady was working that day and turned her back to me as soon as I walked in. I went up to one of the other sales representatives. This guy was younger, smiling, and seemed eager to help. And I told him I wanted to purchase the backpack, and he gladly went inside and got it for me. He even asked if I'd like to take a look at it before buying. I thanked him and he checked me out. The store manager was also by the cashier, and I let him know that I came in last week and that that lady wouldn't let me see the product before purchasing it. He was upset to hear this and told me this wasn't the first time he'd received a complaint about her. The item was a few grand, and all the commission went towards the junior. He was so kind and grateful. She avoided all eye contact with me after she got told off by her manager, and I smiled at her as I walked out of the store. Don't judge a book by its cover. You know, it's really no surprise that this happened to OP. I'm just left wondering, did this person actually get told off or was it all a show? Because I feel like there definitely are places that really do look out for specific kinds of people. And I feel like part of the training or expectation of these workers is to expect people who don't dress a certain way to not be a reliable customer. I'm just wondering, is it one of those things where they tell the employee off, but behind closed doors, they're actually like, you did fine. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Little Old Lady Pettiness. I was in the checkout line at a Dollar Tree with a little white-haired old lady in front of me. The guy in front of her started giving the cashier a hard time because some of the stuff he was buying was ringing up as a $1.25. He played the false advertising card and was shouting at her, One of the cans of soup he had on the conveyor belt had a dent in it, and he loudly told the cashier he didn't want it and just walked back to get another. By this time, there were five or six people in line and we couldn't do anything but wait for him. 
The cashier was still scanning his purchases, and I saw the little old lady in front of me slip a small box of polygrip into his group of purchases, and it was scanned and put into one of the bags with the other items. I started giggling, and she turned to me and winked. Petty. Beautiful. So, I had no clue what polygrip even was. I went and googled it. It's denture adhesive. Consider that a 6 or $7 jerk tax. Our next story is, friend's evil stepmother dies and what is done with life insurance is awesome. I have a dear friend Shannon, fake name, in her early 60s, and as a toddler her parents divorced and dad remarried a pretty woman, Cruella, who wanted him to cut ties with Shannon. They still managed a relationship, but not as close as it should have been during her years growing up. Shannon married young and struggled a lot, but raised her three girls into young women who all now have families of their own. And Shannon is now a proud grandmother and great-grandmother, but back to Cruella. When Shannon was still in her 20s and had left her first husband, a cheater and criminal, for her own sanity and the safety of her and her daughters, her dad had told her to come home and he'd help her find a place to stay. Upon arrival, Cruella, she controlled finances, said she was unwelcome and on her own. Shannon figured it out and again the girls grew up healthy and loved, and Shannon remarried a loving man. But for 30 years, she was never allowed to visit her father for Christmas or holidays or birthdays. Cruella died this year. Shannon was invited for Christmas and her father surprised her by letting her know that he was paying off her mortgage. It could never make up for not being there when she was younger, but it could give her some comfort now that she's retired. When they went to the bank today, she learned where the money came from. It is Cruella's life insurance payout. Cruella would roll over in her grave if she knew that her life insurance went to pay off the house of the stepdaughter she wanted to deny existed for nearly her whole life. It's just so nice to do loving things in someone's memory once they're gone. Our next story is, continually ruin my ditch? Enjoy your new suspension? This is fairly fresh and oh so sweet. I bought some property a few years near my house. Both are in a rural area. I put in a driveway with a culvert for rainwater, made ditches, got it sorted how I want. A few months later I noticed someone had ran off the road during a rainstorm and trashed a 300 foot stretch of ditch. Fix everything, go about my day. Repeat this cycle twice, and I have a camera showing someone in a truck intentionally running through my ditch every day. This causes water to back up under my culvert, which washes away my gravel and freezes solid in winter. It's annoying and time-consuming to fix. I didn't fix it this time. Just dropped some 15-20 to pound rocks in his mud hole. I'm guessing he hit the first one right on the control arm at about 25-30 to miles per hour. Remember, I said it's rural. It's minimum a one-mile distance to maybe get cell service, and it was raining pretty hard Tuesday. I'd like to have heard some more details about what OP saw on their CCTV camera. I mean, it's one thing for OP to theorize and say, oh, I put some rocks in here, they probably hit it pretty hard. Did they have footage of it or not? Our next story is, not this time, Rebecca. Not this time. There's this woman who, for reasons that are not entirely clear, I have been a red rag for since I first met her when I was about 20 years old. I think it's just jealousy because I've never done anything wrong to her or anyone else. She's Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Said subtly mean things to me with a smile at every opportunity. Unfortunately, she's a friend of friends, so avoiding her wasn't always an option. Later in life, I would only see her every four to five years, but she couldn't help herself and was continuously mean. Every freaking time our paths crossed, she would say, Hello, OP. Oh, you look a little tired today. Is everything okay? Even though I wasn't looking tired, you get the gist. To that, I responded with either an eye roll or an, oh, come on, Rebecca. And then she acted like she was really worried and made a big fuss about me being rude to her. But not this time, Rebecca. This time, I was prepared. On Christmas Eve, I went to the bar in my hometown where I usually met my old friends who all came back for Christmas too. I saw her early from far away in the room, and after a while I felt her dark and filthy presence in my back, menacing towards me. Her face hovered high above me around my left shoulder. She's around 30 centimeters taller than me. She smiled her fake smile down on me and while I thought, man the sunbathing was really taking its toll on her, it went like this. Rebecca said, good evening OP, how are you? I said, I'm fine, how are you? She said, that's nice, but you look a little tired. I said, yet you look really good today, Rebecca. Rebecca, still kind of smiling, said, oh, just today? I said, almost unrecognizable, so pretty. I said everything without any emotions on my face. Only my mouth was moving, and I immediately turned around and walked away from her. But for a second, I still caught the disbelief on her face. I have won. After 24 years, I win. Almost unrecognizable. Really just leaning into the, oh yeah, definitely only today. Whenever they popped in and said, oh, you look tired today, you should have said that classic snappy comeback of something like, yeah, you have that effect on people. This next story is filthy baby chairs, dead lawn with a message. We recently holidayed in Western Australia with family, which included four kids who needed car seats. I asked in a few crafting groups if anyone had seats to sell or to hire. We were hiring two cars and the company charged $25 per day per chair. An old friend saw the post and yes, his son and daughter-in-law had two seats for sale. This old friend had stayed in our house with his son when they traveled to Victoria for football games and when we lived in New South Wales would stay with us there. We are all Sydney Swans fans. $50 for each seat per week for the two weeks, bargain promised me they were in tip-top condition. His daughter-in-law is very house-proud. Perfect. Sent $200 to his bank account. His son was happy to drop the chairs off to us where we were staying. 
The car chairs were filthy, I mean moldy, mildewed, stained and full of rotting food. Unusable, smelled like raw sewage. I contacted him and he blocked me straight away. He knew. The family were landing, I flew in earlier at 9pm that night. The car company was my only option, so sorted that out. The next day I took them to a tip, and luckily the sweet ladies there did not charge me to dispose of them. I went to the well-known sausage-selling snag shop and purchased Weed Killer. His son and daughter-in-law are very proud of their garden. I wrote so-and-so is a flog in their front lawn and then hit their flower bed hard. At first I thought this whole story was taking place in Washington state until they got to Sydney and Victoria. Then I realized by WA, OP meant Western Australia. Beyond weed killer, if you wanted to mess somebody's day up that grew a garden, try to plant some bamboo. If you can get it there where they're not going to notice it for a while, apparently they'll never get rid of that stuff. Our next story is, won't throw your trash away? I'll take care of it for you. There's a guy at work who is incredibly messy. Soda cans, chips wrappers, bags, paper, etc. All get dropped on the ground when he's done. Invariably, someone comes around and picks up his crap behind him. Among his many messes are rubber bands. He sets up and puts away hand scanners every night and uses the rubber bands to hold the batteries in place. At the end of the shift, he tears the rubber bands off and leaves them on a desk and floor around the charging station. An hour after he leaves, I take my lunch at that desk and have to pick them up, pull them out of the chair wheels and throw them away. Last week, I discovered the big box of rubber bands he uses stashed inside a filing cabinet. So after picking them up that night, I decided to recycle them back into the box. All week I got a little smile picking them up and putting them away, watching the ratio of good to bad change. Today I came in and heard him swearing in the scanner room. I popped my head in and asked what was up. Someone's putting trash rubber bands into box, he mumbled, trying to sort through them. I acted surprised. They pulled them out of the trash and put them back into the box? He didn't say a word. I just turned around smiling, feeling happily petty. I just do not understand people like this who will literally just throw their trash on the ground. I would even understand if you had trash that's supposed to be in like your area, like if you had a desk and it happened to fall on the ground. But people who open things or use things and then just toss the wrapper wherever they are? I totally own being a slob myself, but there's a total whole other level of savagery involved in that. Our next story is, make me clean the bathroom for you while you do your makeup? Fine. I don't live at home anymore, but I visited my family for Christmas. My family is messy and filthy, so whenever I'm there, I take on most of the cleaning. And I'm expected to. Well, we were having a Christmas celebration and very limited time to clean. My little sister, who usually has the chore of cleaning the bathroom, was in there for half an hour showering while I cleaned upstairs and a little downstairs. And when she was done, I reminded her she needed to clean the bathroom. And instead of helping, she refused, saying she needed to do her makeup and went straight to her room and took up the rest of the time doing her makeup. Since we didn't have that much time left, I hurried on cleaning the bathroom for her. An unspoken rule is that if clothes are in the bathroom, it's laundry. And amidst all the clothes there, I saw her new pants that she had got as a gift and she said she couldn't wear because they were too short on the legs, so she wanted to swap them. I put them in the laundry with the rest of the dirty clothing, and now I'm sure she can't return them anymore. She doesn't know yet, but those pants are here to stay. Should have been at least a little helpful. 
This is one of those sibling revenges that's good because you can totally have the whole, oh, I didn't know, just feign total ignorance. How was I supposed to know? Everything that's in the bathroom is laundry, right? This next story is, dealership takes advantage of veteran. Hello, this happened a few months ago to a client of mine. I currently work as a caregiver for veterans with dementia and other cognitive disabilities. A vet I'm working with has a traumatic brain injury from his time in Kuwait, and his mother needed a new car to drive him to his VA, veteran affairs, appointments in another city three hours away from our town. The local Chevrolet dealership in our area took advantage of him and swindled him into buying a truck. His mother dropped him off to look for a car while she had to go work, explicitly telling them to show him cars. When she gets back, they'll look into buying it and trading in his old car. Instead of showing him the cars, they showed him trucks, which he ended up signing for. The problem is he has brain damage and is blind in his left eye. He couldn't test drive, so the dealership brought him to the bank twice so he could withdraw money for a down payment and insurance. My vet ended up having the dealership finance the truck, They inflated his income as he does not have a job and does not make much from his benefits. I went in to have the dealership release him from the contract. They said no and to keep him on a leash. I did not like him comparing my vet to an animal that should be on a leash. I am so thankful I recorded, one party consent in my state, the whole thing, and my friends posted it on Facebook. After one day online, the owner came down from a different state and reversed everything, gave my vet's family $10,000 to put down on a new car with a low monthly payment. The salesperson who sold my vet the car was put on probation, and the one who said that we should keep him on a leash was fired. That is absolutely horrendous. Also, for all those people that say so many of these stories are fake, OP actually included in an edit in the post the video of this going on. And in it, you can hear the mom saying things like they wouldn't listen to him when he explained that he had a disability. They took him to the bank multiple times. It's crazy. This next story is enjoy your beer soaked pants. Not mine, but I was there when it happened. And this being that time of the year, I thought I'd share for your enjoyment. Many years ago, I was working in a bar in a college town. I was the DJ, we had no dance floor, but took requests and played what I would call party music. The manager was the guy who hired me, and his girlfriend at the time was one of the top earning waitresses. She was actually really good at her job and worked beside the bartender who had to take her order at last call because it was always a long list of drinks for multiple tables. And this was long before computers or printers were common in bars and restaurants. We'll call the manager Bob, and his girlfriend was Ginny. Not their real names, of course. A few notes on this bar. We paid attention to how many people we let inside to keep below the fire code limit of 196 people. Most of the nearby bars didn't do this and would regularly get fined. We carded hard at the door to keep the kids out, also a rarity at this time, and we were not afraid to cut people off who'd had too much to drink. We would watch people as they entered the bar, and if they'd already had too much to drink, we wouldn't serve them any alcohol. Pop, coffee, water, and snacks, sure, but no booze. Lastly, employees weren't allowed to drink when we were on the clock. We were generally liked by local authorities as a result of how responsibly the bar was run. So this all went down on New Year's Eve in the early 90s in the upper Midwest, when it was well below freezing and on one of our busiest nights of the year. We would generally have a line to get in before 10pm on busy nights, and as I mentioned this was New Year's Eve, so we were full. If you weren't in the bar by 10, you likely weren't going to get in until well after midnight. 
All the other bars in the neighborhood were full and they also had lines, so you weren't getting into them either. The anti-hero of this tale is at a table of five guys and they'd been in there for a while by this time, had gone through several pitchers of beer and were feeling no pain. They ordered a new pitcher for the table around 11.30 or so and this is how that played out. When Ginny brought them their fresh pitcher, one of the bright bulbs at the table decided to reach up and grab her breast. Now, Ginny being Ginny, she took it all in stride, set down the pitcher, took the money, gave them their change, and accepted their dollar tip. She then picked up the pitcher and poured it straight into Bright Bulb's lap and told Bob those guys needed to be booted out of the bar for touching a waitress. Of course, all the guys at the table immediately protested and claimed she'd spilled the pitcher on the Bright Bulb for no reason, and they wanted her fired on the spot. Bob's response from behind the bar was priceless. That's my girlfriend. If she did that, she did it for a reason. And yeah, you're gone. After five minutes of arguing back and forth, these guys figured out they weren't making any headway and could see that they needed to cut their losses and left of their own accord. I.e., without the help of our local constabulary and before any charges were filed. All this at around 11.45pm on December 31st in the upper Midwest when the weather outside was about 10 degrees Fahrenheit, windy, and now with beer-soaked pants. I'm happy to say I'm still friends with Bob and his wife Ginny to this day, even though we've all moved on to different jobs. There are other fun stories from my time there, but this one's pretty timely and is the one that most fits this sub. Happy New Year, everyone! As far as I'm concerned, if somebody's going to go and assault another person like that blatantly in a bar, them getting a pitcher poured on them and booted out of the bar is pretty good for them. If they can get away with that, then they're lucky. This next story is, you won't promote me? Fine, have it your way. This happened a few years back, but I still laugh about it whenever I remember. After graduation, I was hired by this small family business. They told me the training would be tough, but that they only wanted me to succeed because we are like a family here. That should have been the first red flag, but it was my first job and I didn't know any better. When I was starting, I barely slept. I constantly had to do unpaid overtime. On some occasions, I was even required to stay overnight at the office just to meet unreasonable deadlines. However, I loved my field and I managed to find joy in my work. Management, however, was a different story. I was assigned to a manager, Chelsea. Working for her was an absolute nightmare. She meddled in my personal life. At first, I was very candid with her and I even opened up about the people I dated. I found out later that she was gossiping about me with another manager, Rita, and they were stalking my social media to get more dirt. I ended up deactivating my accounts or blocking them just to get some peace. Chelsea and Rita also didn't care that this was my first job and I was still learning the ropes. They would only shame me for asking questions. They expected me, the newbie, to come up with solutions to our clients' problems. They refused to do any actual training and I had to figure things out on my own most of the time. Despite this, they would get mad if I wasn't able to deliver the exact output they wanted. Chelsea was also a notorious procrastinator. She would wait until the last minute to go over my drafts. This would result in so much unnecessary overtime for me and the rest of the team. I was also constantly gaslit. I know we said this, but that's not what we meant. I clarified three times. You never reported that. I did. This is not how we do it here. It was. Why are you doing it this way? That's wrong. I just followed her instructions. My fault was my fault. Her fault was my fault. 
The client's fault was my fault. I just could not catch a break. I tried to talk to senior management, but they refused to do anything about Chelsea. The fact that she'd been with the company a while made her untouchable. I wanted to quit multiple times, but my family thought it was a great opportunity and wanted me to keep working there. I eventually got promoted and received a huge pay bump. The golden handcuffs made it even harder to leave. But with the promotion, the work also got heavier. I was in charge of managing and training new hires. I was also expected to take over their work in case they were unable to deliver on time. I had to facilitate meetings with clients, which should have been Chelsea's job. I had to manage our team and ensure that everyone was using their time efficiently. I was expected to remind Chelsea of our team deadlines as she often forgot about them. It got to the point where I was already doing the work of the whole team. Chelsea, my juniors, and my own. The unpaid overtime and office sleepovers continued. Unsurprisingly, my health seriously suffered. The straw that finally broke the camel's back was during my last annual review. To sum it up, I was in charge of this one project. Our client wanted a particular result. Senior management said we could achieve that, but it could only be done a certain way. They eventually delegated the project to me. I was able to deliver the result the client wanted, but without using the method management suggested. Take note, my way did not affect the project. If anything, I felt my method saved the client time and money. When management found out, they made it appear I did nothing right. I tried to reason out, but they didn't care. They eventually used this during my annual review and said that they couldn't promote me since I didn't know how to follow instructions. During this time, I found out Chelsea threw me under the bus. I won't go into details, but she made it appear that I was the reason our team wasn't efficient. I was quiet the entire time and let them speak. I didn't say a single word in my defense. Inside, though, I had snapped. After years of carrying my entire team, this was how they justified not promoting me? My revenge was the only way I knew how. I resigned. I knew Chelsea would have to deal with the work I left behind since it wasn't something they could just delegate to the new hires. I found so much joy knowing that Chelsea would have to bear the brunt of the overtime. I heard years later that some of my team members resigned a few months after I left. Chelsea had to take over their work too. As for me, after some trial and error, I am finally with a great boss and work-life balance. Life is good. Edit. Some commenters pointed out that there was no petty revenge in my story. I can't divulge too many details, but my line of work requires a certain level of experience to work independently. As I mentioned in the comments, my company insists on hiring new grads. Before I entered the company and at the start of my employment, Chelsea had to do a lot of overtime since the newbies couldn't be left alone. When I started gaining experience, I was able to work independently, and she also began to delegate her work to me. It got to the point where she had nothing on her plate since I was the one managing her whole workload. She finally had some free time. She had to kiss that freedom goodbye after I left. My revenge is sleeping comfortably at home while she is most likely still at the office trying to meet her deadlines. Man, you just don't know how good you got it until that person that works below you that does all your work for you ups and quits for some reason. And then man, now I'm all of a sudden having to do all this work. Could you imagine? Our next story is final update. Neighbor blows air horn at dog, and my brother has the sudden desire to practice his guitar on the front porch. Essentially, my neighbor was blowing an air horn at my dog, and my brother responded by hooking up his amp on the back deck and playing his guitar. 
the neighbor tore out of his house and a screaming match ensued. This post covers everything that's happened since. Update 1. So my neighbor called out to me over the fence today and started a conversation about my dog barking. Essentially it was, I don't know what's up with your brother. I've never even spoken to him. I've hardly spoken to you. But your dog barks at me when I leave my house and it bothers me. He stated that he tried speaking kindly to her over the fence at first, but lost his temper and escalated. He then suggested I try a shock collar because, if you use it right, it doesn't really hurt them. He also offered to buy one for me and said that both he and his son used it to train their dogs when they had them. I tried to ask what times he's outside so I can keep her inside when he's outside. He told me that his doctor appointments are sporadic, so he doesn't know when he will leave his house. So he wants me to stop her from barking at all. Like, it bothers him when she barks at him when he leaves his house, walks a foot to his car, gets in and leaves. This happens maybe once a week, which I know because of combination of me hardly letting her outside without me and security cameras. I offered to give him my number so he could text me if she's bothering him. He said, I don't text. And I had no way to contact you about this unless I catch you when you're outside. So I just got a new job and I think I'm going to save up and replace my chain link fence with a privacy fence because I am done dealing with this guy. Update 2. So I just got my fence built and I love it. It's 6 foot privacy double board. My neighbors seem happy because I removed an annoying tree to build a new fence. They actually delivered Christmas goodies for me and my dog over the chain link a few days before it was replaced. I also discovered, after having the fence built without checking my survey report and quietly freaking out before heading to my county property details page, that part of their driveway is on my property, so no need to worry about them claiming the fence is theirs. My dog also passed intermediate dog training, and the trainer told me she would be a great candidate for the good citizenship test. So my neighbor is being less of a jerk, and the problem is resolved. 10 out of 10 outcome. A dog is a dog if they bark while you're just going out to your car and they're in a yard that is contained and there's literally no danger to you. They really need to get over that. Now, if the dog is barking for hours on end, they can call in a noise complaint. That's a real thing. But it's probably just the dog getting excited and a lot of dogs have that condition where because they want to say hi to you so bad but they're stuck behind a fence, that's actually why they're barking. It definitely was a bigger deal than they were making it out to be, but OP going privacy fence was definitely for the best. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.